Hello everybody, thank you so much. Uh, this is Moments of Maxine's show and we have the fantastic, amazing guest speaker, J-Rock. Hey, what's hey. poppin'? <laughs> <laughs> J-Rock, also yeah. known as John Paul. That's right. In case you didn't know. Um, J-Rock was on Big Brothers, um, uh -huh. is part of the group and the band. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to pass it over to J-Rock for a moment, just to explain a little bit about your involvement in Big Brothers and then who you are and then sure. we'll take it from there, yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, my name is John Paul Horsley. I'm also known as J-Rock from the Platinum Group Big Brothers. Like, we came out in 2001 and, you know, immediately went platinum. Like, the album was in the top ten like, you know, which was unheard of for a black group at the time. Um, and we just persevered through the charts, ended up doing like uh, Scooby-Doo 2 and uh, the soundtrack for the movie as well. Um, I ended up doing a few other films outside of that and a couple of documentaries. Um, Channel 4's Giving Up the Weed and Channel 4's Are You Autistic, which was, uh, it came out two years ago. Um, so yeah, I'm well known for a, quite a few things nowadays, probably still most famous for music, but um, I'm also in, in um, autism circles as well, so that's quite interesting. Okay, that's a really quick, quick like, <laughs> really, of basically yeah. where you're at. So just focusing a little bit more about Big Brother, so you yeah. were there from 2001, I do believe mm. there was some difficulties with mm -hmm. the group and there were some changes in the group like what yeah, yeah, yeah. how did that happen and you know how did you kind of overcome the stress of all of that because that must have been quite a big deal yeah yeah definitely I mean the story as it went was like we had done the Scooby-Doo 2 movie so we were going back over to Hollywood to um promote it um during that time um one of the members Flawless from the group was found with um like 1.1 grams of weed um but it was a huge deal, obviously. It was almost like trafficking drugs across. But, you know, 1.1 grams of weed is like this much. It's like... Oh, what? Did, he even, did he even mean <laughs> to do it? Did he even mean to do it? Or was it just like in his bag or in his, in his coat? Or I, 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 it was in his bag for sure, but I don't think it was intentional. If you were going to, yeah. you know, carry some weed with you, you'd at least take a draw, right? But um, he took like one spliff and at least that was what was found anyway, so kind of ruin his shot from there um but yeah you know such is life i mean these days people get caught with a lot worse uh substances and you know they get to keep their career again because big brothers was such a groundbreaking group i suppose plus we were directed at you know young children any such things were like you know again unheard of yeah it was a huge no-no so like you know um yeah again it just put a, a bit of you know, how do you say, breaks, I suppose, on his career. Um, but the rest of us continued, and I suppose that's where the numbers started, uh, you know, changing a bit. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I mean, at the time, though, when that happened, and then you yeah. had to leave, like, what were the rest of you mm -hmm. like? like? How did you manage that? Because that must have been like, you was there, you was doing mm. this movie, like, things yeah, were, yeah, yeah. like, really successful at that time, like, Absolutely. That was probably the height of our career. So, you know, literally when when it all went down, I had to kind of explain to the manager what had just happened um, because our tour manager, he was kind of new and um, 
he wasn't used to the dynamic of being around a black group, let alone, you know, a black group that is weed smoking and, and doing normal black kid stuff. Like you understand. So for him, it was a little bit sideways. So I was saying it's not a big deal. It's not going to cost you your job. But like Flawless should have been more mindful of his uh, decisions kind of thing. Yeah. So I had to phone our actual manager, who was Jonathan Shallot at the time. And uh, Jonathan basically said, what do you guys want to do? So we had to hold a like quick vote on our way to the <laughs> on our way to the hotel because he was being sent home. Like, do we want him to remain in the group or not? So like the vote decided and, you know, we decided to just let him go, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. It wasn't like a personal decision or, or, you know, a decision that any of us took lightly, but like he was slipping at the time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely that definitely yeah that, definitely that. so you're saying that you're like now in the autism circle like what actually yeah. you to be in that sort of sphere well literally um i say about my son was born uh, about 11 years ago um He's 11 and a bit now. So, yeah, about 11 years ago when my son was born, everything was normal. Everything was cool. Um, But around his first birthday, there was a lot of things that were being said to me that I couldn't quite get my head around. Like, oh, what's wrong with Richard? How come he's not doing this? How come he's not doing that? Now, for me, like when I was growing up, talking was painful. I didn't know um, what anxiety was to be able to say, look, I'm not going to talk to you because I I don't feel good about talking and stuff like that. But, you know, after, after some, some time, like obviously my son was diagnosed with autism and that was a blow to me because I didn't know what autism was. I went undiagnosed until I was 38, if you can believe that. So like my whole music career was shrouded in autism, but no one understood why. I think even my American accent lasted so long because of my autism I didn't know anything else so like every time even now when I have a drink or you know I smoke too much my American accent comes back out and people are like you've been living in England for how long now Rocky you should be able to talk like an Englishman but it's really difficult because in my brain I just revert back to what I know so yeah like you know seeing the signs of my son you know kind of let me realize that you know maybe I should be um or go for a diagnosis and see what they say and um, luckily, luckily, because of my celebrity, I suppose, Channel 4 approached me and asked me if I'd like to um, go through the diagnosis process. And I was like, yeah, but not really thinking like any doctors would be able to detect any autism in myself at this stage of my life, after my career, this, that and the other, got children, like things that autistic people aren't supposed to have. Like I had it all like normally, like I, was, I, I, I muddled through and managed to make it. So during the course of the documentary, they found me to have um, Asperger syndrome, which is a type of high functioning autism. And I also have synesthesia, which means I kind of see the world differently when I think about things too much. I kind of see pictures. It looks like a movie almost, but I see music and colors and it's weird. But like, you know, when I was explaining it to the doctors, that's what they said I have, synesthesia. And I've heard um, Kanye West has synesthesia. And obviously, Mostak has come out recently saying that he's also autistic. 
So, like, I, what I see these days is, like, through the campaign and through all of the things that we've done, a lot of people are becoming more confident in their, in their not necessarily mental health, but in whatever conditions they have. And they're coming out saying, look, this is my situation, but this is my music, or this is my situation, but this is how I do my sports, or this is my situation, and I can still be a presenter, or whatever is the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, how... Right. Mm. How is it that so you now being like diagnosed as being or having Asperger's? Yeah. Does that make you? Has that label helped you or hindered you? Does the label help <laughs> or hinder? Um, I don't know. Um, it's a little bit new for me still. Even though I was diagnosed like two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago. It's still a bit new. I, I know that the dynamic between myself and my friends have changed a lot. Um, I think a lot of my friends thought I was going to become Forrest Gump overnight or something. I haven't changed in the slightest. I just have a title for my condition now, you know. And um, as far as that is concerned, that was a bit of a, you know, a blow to take or, you know, not just for me. I suppose the people around me who always thought, oh, this guy is so great for this and that and the other reason, now understood that I wasn't quite 100% in the head. <laughs> so, so it kind of made people look at me differently, like, no, you're normal, you're okay. But like at the end of the day, they never understood my struggle because I didn't know how to approach a conversation to discuss how I see things, you know? It's really weird, but interesting at the same time. And as I say, through the campaigns over the years, a lot more people have come out and, you know, they're, they're discussing their own ailments. So, you know, a lot of the people that you look up to are not, let me not say not normal, but like, you know, we all have our problems. We all have our situations. We all have our conditions and things that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. We're not like superheroes at home and only come out when we're on stage or whatever, you know? So <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's mm. so true. So is there any similarities between you and... <laughs> Richard, your other son. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, number one, he, he loves music. So anything with, you know, a lot of repetition, he loves it to death. Um, but he also likes a lot of old school songs. I'm not sure if he was listening intently when I was, you know, when he was growing up and stuff like that, but he still goes and draws for the uh, Keith Sweat records and all of the old school stuff that, you know, only if you were born in the 80s and 90s would you know about it <laughs> so that's pretty cool but temperament wise I think we're both very cool individuals um even though he's non-verbal you can tell that he thinks things through very thoroughly and um you know he probably has a, a vivid of a imagination just like me so you know if he was if he was verbal you know the kind of conversations we'll be having would be so amazing like uh, so that is the thing that I pray for every day that one day he'll be able to speak but even if he doesn't you know we communicate through pecs we communicate through sign language we communicate the best ways we can you know but he can type he can do other things but you know when it yeah. comes to communication he may pick any any way to to, to go forward so in terms can you just explain because i know what pecs is but can you explain yeah, yeah, yeah. what pecs is PEX is picture exchange cards. So um, we have a picture exchange card system. And, um, you know, for when he wants to say, I need to go to the toilet and can't say or, or articulate it, he would come with a picture 
and I would automatically know what to do. Um, he also can use Makaton sign language for, for those things. But, you know, communicating with other people who are not familiar with autism, you know, it, it leaves him, how do you say, a little bit restricted because some people don't understand sign language. Some people don't get pecs. But like, you know, um, for, for when he's communicating with me, we communicate in with any means we can. Yeah. So how mm. did you see there would have been a stage where he probably wasn't using those things like Macaton, pecs and stuff yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you manage that as a father, like, mm -hmm. that he wasn't communicating verbally? Yeah. yeah. Like, how did you deal with that? And how does his siblings deal with that? I was always a, uh, how do you say, very observant father. Um, and again, probably a, an autistic trait. Like, I, I watch people, I understand what they want or need um, without having to speak, almost. Um and, and such is evident today because I work in schools with other autistic children and we communicate perfectly, you know, and I help so many children stay in mainstream schools instead of being sent to autistic centers or this, that and the other. So many children have been, you know, rescued by my methods, which are just basically observe, find out what the triggers are, remove the triggers and teach. It's pretty easy. <laughs> but let's get back to the, to the main question. Can you remind me again? So the question was, yeah, when, um, when obviously your son yeah. wasn't communicating and yeah. didn't have the other communication tools, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. How did you manage that? Mm -hmm. How did you know? How did you, as a parent, manage that? But also, yeah. what's the, the communication like between him and his siblings? Got yeah, siblings. yeah, he does. He's got loads of uh, brothers and stuff like that but like um <laughs> communication at first was extremely difficult and you know he used to grab me a lot and and take me to what he wanted or point at what he wanted a lot um and I would have to guess what it was really and you know it would depend on his reaction when I brought him the object or the thing um whether I would give it to him or take it back because obviously if he did not want the thing that I was bringing to him he would panic a little bit or have a meltdown as people like to call it um but it's just a sensory overload it's not like a meltdown or something that you know can't be controlled as such um but when somebody is non-verbal they may look like they're losing control and and you know they may look like a naughty kid it's not the case like you know they're just having a really bad struggle communicating this important thing that is important to them you know so again, you know, it was very difficult to communicate with my son at first. And um, just understanding our, our similarities helped a lot, you know. So when he did want something, I was able to help out or, or quell his crying or whatever it was. I mean, even today he has, um, he, he is nonverbal, you know, and um, he's 11 years old. He's a big 11 years old as well. So, you know, schooling and teaching and all of these things, very important to me. Um, the school that he's at is very good with, um, he's at an autistic provision, but they're very good with him. So he enjoys going to school. He has, you know, a lot of friends there and he's extremely popular. So it's a very good look. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. mm. That's really, really good. Yeah, so definitely. relationship like with his siblings? Yeah. Um, obviously, like the other boys, the, his brothers, they like to play football and stuff. Um, 
and Richard is not really into football or that kind of sport. But what he is into and the other kids are into is video games. So when they're on the Xbox and this, that and the other, they would relate like they were all neurotypical. Um, so it's a real pleasure to see when that is happening. Um, but, you know, again, whether Richard stays interested in the game for hours and hours like the rest of the boys do, he will probably switch off and want to play on the iPad or do something else that is interactive, but he'd like to be on his own for those periods. So, um, again, they interact very well. Um, they interact like a normal brother and, you know, or normal brothers and sisters would interact. But um, the difference is that Richard is nonverbal. That's the only thing that you will be able to detect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so is there any other things that actually impact you as a father? Um, <clears throat> impact in a positive way or negative way, or is that an open question? An open question. <laughs> I think life in general impacts me um, as a father and as everything else that I do. Um, but there's so many things that are important to me as a father and as a person in the community um, that, that keep me motivated and, and driven towards, you know, a better future for the community, if that makes any sense. So mm -hmm. again, like I'm a part of this thing called the Croydon Legacy, which is a youth club in Croydon. Um, it's massive. It's about to open on the 7th of September. <clears throat> so it's almost finished. It's on Whitehorse Road in Croydon. And um, basically what it does there is um, with all the knife crime, the, the drug selling, the this, that and the other, people trying to get into studios, this, that and the other, we've opened like a um, youth centre oh, driven, <clears throat> driven towards music, driven towards uh, gym and boxing, driven towards like just gaming and the things that really attract kids, like, you know, for five pounds a year, you can come here every day and, um, you know, get off the streets, get out of the, the, the gang life, the crime stuff, yeah. still do your music. You have a professional like myself that's dying to help you all and stuff like that, you know, so it's a good look, definitely. Oh, <laughs> so, that's so that's a positive and, you know, that's something that my kids don't mind me, you know, sharing myself and, and, and everything else that we do with the other kids because, you know, it's a, it's a really positive and good look for the, you know, not just Croydon, but everyone who, who comes to use the facility. It's really, it's really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, as well, as, as a father, two boys, mm -hmm. if you're yeah. helping the rest of the community, you're actually helping the environment that they're actually in absolutely absolutely because i live in croydon and stuff obviously i'm privy to a lot of the things that happen in the streets so like you know there's a lot of stabbings there's a lot of gang activity croydon itself has a lot of youths by proxy you, you understand so like we it seems like there's more crime here but like it's just because we have a bigger borough we have more youths and like there's more accidents happening than than anywhere else yeah, well, also as well, there is a there is a higher amount of um, children that are in care in Croydon. Yeah, 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 definitely. London. So definitely. That there'd be a lot more young people that are placed in the borough that have got vulnerabilities anyway. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Sorry, I lost you a bit there. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, your your screen was frozen. You're back now, though. Yeah. Can you repeat so, the end of that? Yeah, so I was basically saying that, mm -hmm. you know, obviously 
there's a lot of children in yeah. Croydon yeah. that are looked after. So uh-huh, uh-huh. them being in care yeah. and being placed within the borough, obviously there's a bigger vulnerable sure. group of people that maybe be more susceptible to like gang life, you know, mm-hmm. child sexual exploitation, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, within the within the community. So yes, definitely. That this project is opening up soon. Absolutely. I mean, I also work in schools, so a lot of the schools that I visit or, or work at, a lot of the children have signed up already. But like we can take up to six hundred and fifty children a day. So with that being said, like whoever's watching this, please feel free to send your children, especially if you want them to do music or any kind of sport, send them on through. Like this building, um, I think 6.5 million pounds has been spent on it to date and um, it's purpose built to get the children off the street. So please do send them. Let's use it for, you know, positive things. And um, let's see how many stars we can make in, in Croydon. Not how many, you know, thugs and gangsters. That's that's so old school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, if they was to actually utilize mm. like that resource and yeah. understand actually, you know, or it, implement the things around, you know, mm-hmm. like say for example, let's let's I'll pick out a subject. Let's say mm-hmm. they're supp- they were going to supply uh, and sell drugs here. Yeah, instead yeah. of actually, why not actually switch that into a business? Mm. And no, actually, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Provide merchandise in a different way. So absolutely, like um, if somebody if somebody approached me that I was mentoring or you know just somebody in the community and they wanted to set up a shop or you know whatever, I know people that are in position to help. You mm-hmm. know, so if, even if I can't help you, I can say, "Oh, go and check my man over here. He's a good guy," or I can even get that introduction done for you. Like, you know, especially in the music industry, a lot of people don't know how to open doors. They don't know how to get good management. They don't know how to find an agent. They don't know anything about the industry. All they see is the music videos and they want to emulate their favorite artist. But at the end of the day, I can help you become your favorite artist. <laughs> like, literally, you know, it's it's as simple as that. Like, not, you know, not having parents in the music industry should not stop you from getting into the music industry. Like, there are people in the community, it's not just me, who want to help, you know, and who are knowledgeable. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to have as many open doors so you can, you know, approach me and, and get good advice or whatever is the situation. Yeah, that's, that's really, really fantastic. And mm-hmm. there's actually... Um... Uh, there, I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's this event that's going to be taking place. I think it's next month. It's called A Thousand Black Boys. Mm. Yeah, it? I heard something about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll probably be out there, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, like, um, mm. I'll put the link, I'll put the post or whatever up in there. Yes, please. Yeah. Local in Croydon. Because I've mm-hmm. been in, in Harringay as well. Oh, okay, but, cool. Um, People that are local in Croydon, um, mm-hmm. I'll put the poster up. Yeah. Might get him to come up on the show as well. The Definitely. That's dealing with that, are they? Yeah, so cool. that's amazing that you're looking to like do some transformational work really within the local community in Croydon. Definitely, and, definitely. Like and, the police are involved. Like, And as I say, there's maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 gangs in the local community like there's gonna be some problems before you know there's there's any fix. 
But like at the end of the day, if we don't start today, where will we end up? So we start now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No I more mean, marching. We're just doing stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And I think it's about taking. No, but it is. It's about taking actual action, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and direct action that's going to have an impact mm-hmm. for our use. Mm. Especially with the the amount that's going on, especially in London, we know it is in the moment. It's it is it's spiraling out of control. It is. It is. I mean, just this weekend, I think there were so many stabbings. There was at least four in the space of twenty four hours, and like I don't think they're connected, but still, that's enough. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be happening at all. And I think if with like the center that. The project mm. that you're looking to launch, if yeah, you yeah. be a part of that change, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's about getting the right things for them to engage with. And Absolutely. I think, and I think a lot of the times, you know, that's forgotten. Actually, mm-hmm. what is it that young people want to, yeah. and to actually drive them forward? So it sounds, which yeah. is, sounds great. I mean, it's purpose-built for children and all of the things that we have inside are the things that the children and the local community said that they want. So literally, I expect 650 kids every day, literally. (laughs) But the ages are from 8 to 19 and up to 25 if you have any disabilities. So, you know, we cater for people who have autism. We cater for people who have different mental health or, or other needs, you know? Like, it's totally inclusive. It's the coolest building I've ever seen. And, like, you know, I hope the kids come out and, and use the facilities for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for coming on. Um, oh, yeah. We've got a few people saying hi and joining uh-huh. me and stuff no like doubt. that. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And just so you talked about, like, obviously like you've been autistic and everything like that and you spoke mm-hmm. about anxieties what like three top tips would you give to people like to overcome anxiety um overcoming anxiety for me is really 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 difficult and sometimes it's a thing that if i don't know what's triggered it in the first place it's really hard to get out of that you know stuck feeling but um i i find that you know music like really relaxing music helps me especially like old school stuff that I used to listen to when I was growing up like a lot of Mary J Blige and stuff like that maybe some old Mariah Carey like you know it really puts me in a good mood um you know it's weird because when I have um anxiety I find it hard to cook but like I like eating really good food so um (laughs) I might try and pull myself together and get to a restaurant or something like that but again, I don't like to, you know, say to everyone do this, but I do self-medicate. I, I do smoke a little bit of marijuana when I have um, anxiety. Um, as I say, it calms the situation. It kind of slows the amount of thoughts that I have in my brain. Um, and it allows me to think a little bit more straight, if that makes any sense. Yeah, so no, I do I self-medicate you. sometimes, yeah. I hear you, I hear you. So mm. you, you talked about right at the beginning of the show yeah um, giving up weed yeah (laughs) not giving up fully not giving up fully i mean 
I wouldn't even like to say I'm a functioning weed head. I don't smoke that much. I don't smoke on a daily. I just smoke when I'm having like anxiety or like a really bad depression on or whatever. Like I self-medicate for those reasons. But outside of that, I don't smoke to get high. I don't smoke because it's social. I smoke more because, you know, it helps me with my anxiety more than anything. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not Snoop. I'm not trying to get everybody high or nothing. I don't smoke weed every day. <laughs> so you also, I, I mean, I don't know whether anyone knows this, but sometimes you have to take on the role of being like a carer, like with your, um, with your missus. So yeah. how does that impact like the family dynamics? If like sometimes your, your, mm. your missus is unwell, like how does that have an impact? Yeah. Well, my partner has a condition called syringomyelia, which is like trap fluid on the spine. So um, when she has a bout coming on, um, number one, she doesn't have function in her legs at that point. So um, it is a rapid, not necessarily breakdown, but like, you know, it's all systems go like, and the, the routine is call the ambulance, call her parents to come for the kids. And then we have to go to the hospital. The kids are at grandma's and, and so forth and so on. And it's it's a really difficult time, I suppose, for the family. But, you know, it takes a few days for her to be rehabilitated and get her legs back and stuff. Um, but, you know, after that, it's, it resumes normal life again. But, like, I suppose be, being a celebrity or being an, a, a musician or whatever, people just think my life is music all day. And it's yeah. not like you yeah. understand. <laughs> I have like real things going on. Sometimes I have to be, you know, my partner's legs for for a few days or whatever, and like literally either wheel her in a wheelchair or carry her. It's that real. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like everyone pulls together. And mm. That that sense of is quite clear, right? This is the. <clears throat> The emergency plan, I call it. This is the oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I mean, as far as being family, we're very cohesive. Like, this is my eldest son that's in the house. This hey. is little Caleb. Hello. He's like six years old now, no teeth. Did the tooth fairy come? Say what? Did the, did the tooth fairy come to tell him? Oh, yeah, this the tooth fairy always comes. <laughs> like oh, wow. if the tooth fairy doesn't come he'll be traumatised I swear he tells That's his teachers the tooth fairy's bringing him 50 quid and stuff so yeah oh yeah his teeth are expensive <laughs> 50 quid Lord. yeah literally what literally. Fairy? I was lucky if I could I know right <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, like I was getting change. <laughs> He's getting the type of money that folds under his pillow. Great. <laughs> well, that's what you, Lucky that's for what some. you very decided, say. So. <laughs> Gosh, that's what happens in the, what do you call it, this, this, this century. There was actually, oh, yes, definitely. There mm -hmm. was actually um, a question that a few people asked me before. Mm -hmm. We come on the show and they're like, How do you know J Rock? Like, how do you know him? Like, when did you meet him? And I was like, <laughs> So I was like, Well, you have to watch the show and then I'll let you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
So, but if I'm not mistaken, we got together on the set for um, Tunnel Vision, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it one. was a it was a program that we were putting together for. I think it was Channel Four at the time, and um, it was a really dope idea. But like when we brought it, I think they thought it was a little bit too urban. So yeah. like the actual pilot is on YouTube at the moment, but that program turned into. Um, Southside Story. It was on BBC Three. Okay. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't actually, know that until now. <laughs> <laughs> but like Southside Story was obviously a bit like Glee, but like not Glee at the same time. It was a little bit urban, but it was very pop. Um, yeah. So you know, it was Big Brothers all over it, man. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we. I remember obviously meeting you there, and I was. Yeah. I was meant to be Justine, and then yes, yes. and then all of a sudden the director changed it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I always remember how you reacted. Yeah, and I was. It was so weird because I was kind yeah. of on your way with like yeah, yeah, yeah. how how like they just switched yeah. it up, and I was like, oh, and you was like, well, what do you mean, like exactly? And I was like, no, what do you mean? <laughs> Again, with my with my autism, I'm not good to sudden changes, so yeah. like when yeah. that was a sudden change right then and there and we're filming this that and the other i started sweating immediately and i was like dude what are you guys doing and it was like they were trying to ruin the program before it even yeah, started yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that was like i didn't come here i was like i didn't come mm. here yeah yeah to, yeah to um be doing mm. something else right yeah 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 of course to um the agent guy i was like i didn't come yeah. here like you told me yeah, 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 yeah. What I was gonna be doing, and then yeah. I did it, and so <laughs> to be honest, when you found out yeah, like, yeah. that you was like, on the autistic spectrum, I wasn't really surprised. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Because you probably were one of the only people that noticed me crumble. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say but you crumble. can feel the vibes, right? I wouldn't say crumble, <laughs> but I just got it because yeah. I'm. That is something that would be that would that got to me as well, and because I'm on all this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was like uh-huh. I just yes. got it. Do you know what I'm saying? I just you could recognize it. it. Yeah, yeah, I just recognize it. Exactly. Like, so when your program come out, and yeah, and then it was like, yeah, I was like, I knew it anyway. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. I was so excited about that when when the um, Are You Autistic documentary was coming out. But I couldn't watch it for like months. Like I had it on record on my on my Skybox, and I was in interviews like, "Yeah, I've watched it, and it's great," and I loved myself in it. But I had not watched it at all. Even with giving up the weed, it was the same thing. Like I had recorded it. There were so many like good reviews and stuff, but yeah. I can't watch myself. It's one of the <laughs> it's one of the worst things ever. Like, you know, and when I look at myself, like, on camera, sometimes I'm just thinking, who is that guy? Like, I don't see myself like that when I look in the mirror. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I get you. I hear, mm, you. I hear mm. you. So, yeah, that's how me and J-Rock met. It was like a oh, pilot yeah. that basically then became mm. something else. If you actually go on YouTube and put in Tunnel Vision Big Boys with a Z, it will come up. You'll see it at the top. All right. I'll find it. And I'll put that in there. I don't even know if I even did it. But... I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link so you can post it up. 
Yeah, so that was, gosh, that was a long time ago, though. That's got to be 11 years ago, easy. I still had long hair and stuff, so yeah, Yeah. something like that. At least, no, it was about eight years back. No, I weren't, honestly, I was at uni. It was longer than that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was at university. And You're making me feel real old now. <laughs> <laughs> I went into university like mm. eight years ago. Okay. So okay. That was my first year in university. So you awesome. were about 11, mm. and 11 years ago. Easy. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, next time I look up, look at the um, upload, I'll have to see what year it was uploaded. Yeah, it was a long time ago, though, for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 and we had that little launch party at um. Oh yeah, at Randy's. At Randy's house, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a cool night. <laughs> we had like S Club there, and a few other like celebrities came through to catch the uh, the pilot. That was that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really good. So mm. last year, didn't you do like a bit of touring and stuff like that with Big Brothers? Like what? Like yeah. Um, last year we started the um, Step Back '90s tour. Um, obviously, that is like bands from the the '90s to the year 2000s and stuff. I think they call it the '90s. So, like um, last year we started that doing all the arenas in the UK. Then in February we went off to Australia with S Club Seven. That was pretty dope. And then um, this year again we're going to be doing the Step Back tour with a few different bands this time around. Um, last year we had Peter Andre, we had S Club, we had Five, Nine One One, I think they are, A One, and a few others like Westlife came with another band. It, you know they had a bit of a um, collaboration there. It was pretty cool. So yeah, this year we're going to be back on tour from October, but on November the first we're in Wembley Arena. So if you're free and available, please come on down. <laughs> oh, all right, cool. So, yeah. so what band, what other bands have you got coming with you then? This year, um, I think we've got Bewitched, we've got Damage, we've got um, S Club again, um, um, and a few others. There's there's tons. Like it's on the um, Step Back Nineties tour um, website. I'll again give you the link for that, so you can check out all the dates and all the um, arenas. And all the bands, of course. <laughs> That'll be pretty important. Yeah, well, there's a lot of revival right now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please believe me. Like all the bands, like from my days, are trying to make a comeback. I know Busted is on tour as well, so they're headlining their own tour. Um, I think S Club is 20 years old this year, so they should be doing their own tour this year as well. Oh. Um, so you'll probably be able to catch us on all of you know, the, the nostalgia tours this year, for sure. Oh, sure. Do you know, they, you know, when they're gigging in clubs and stuff, there's usually like three of them that go around. It'll be like Joe Bradley and um, Tina or okay. Joe Bradley and Paul or like, um, but at the moment, they're trying to put together the 20 year reunion tour, which um, should be coming at you at the end of the year, maybe December. So hopefully that all seven. Yeah, definitely. When it's when it's big arenas, it's all seven of them every time. Oh, that's all right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, 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 definitely. But when it's smaller stuff, they don't all come out. All right. Fair play. Fair mm, play. Mm, mm. 
Definitely. So, yeah, so all, all of you that are, you know, wanting to throw it back to the 90s, oh, yeah. 2000s, you know, you <laughs> be looking at this step back to, I'll put a comment there. Oh, uh, yes, yes. So, yeah. We'll try and get some tickets out to you as well, man, for any of the new listeners that want to come down. We'll get you some tickets out, definitely. All right. The first two people that request, let me know, Maxine, and I'll get you some tickets for them, and I'll obviously get you a pair of tickets for you and whoever you want to bring. <laughs> oh, that's nice, isn't it? No worries, absolutely. Loving life. Absolutely. <laughs> As we've been on the show for quite some time now, but uh, if yeah. there's anything else that you'd like to add or share or give to the audience yeah. before you leave, this is your space and time to do it. All right, cool. Well, basically, um, and you're hearing it here second. <laughs> I'm back in the studio, I'm recording again. I've got a um, solo project coming out called Retarded Rocky. Like, don't feel bad when you hear the name because it's actually genius. The 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 project kind of like gives insight to what it was like being a musician and being on the autistic spectrum. What it was like going um, undiagnosed for so long, um, going through family situations, breakdowns of families, and this, that, and the other. The album is so deep, but like you know, I started recording um, maybe three weeks ago. Um, I've got a couple of records that I'm really proud of already. Um, I should be dropping two EPs this year under the same name, Retarded Rocky, but it's going to be called Different Things as as a project. And um, probably next year I'll, I'll do my first proper album. So look out for that. And then in 2021, that is when Big Brothers is 20. So expect a massive tour. We're all getting back in shape, getting ready to... Uh, do it big one more time, you know? So not only will you have uh, new music from me personally, but you'll have some new music from Big Brothers as well. You know, it's all in the pipeline. So look out for that. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, honestly, yeah. Mm. I, I obviously, like as you said, like Big Brothers was one of like the first bands, yeah, yeah. Like, like black bands. Like, yeah. Of my my generation, yeah, for sure. So it, was out there, it was like you, Mystique, mm. and Grace yeah. Davis, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so when and and then obviously like S Club Seven had Bradley and all that, but yes, it was yes. like <laughs> and it was like Brit, do you know what I mean? British band as well. Yes, so, yes, definitely. So that you know, it's good. It's good that you guys are coming back on the scene. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like we wanted to give some time and like some airspace to all of the um, up and coming artists. Like there was a lot of people that didn't get a good look when we were coming out initially, if you understand what I mean. Like we had so much of the airwaves that not a lot of people, you know, stood a chance. But like um, there's so many great artists today, like Stormzy, like Crepton Conan, Section Boys. Like, all of the things that are happening in Grime today, um, as I say, most stack. Um, there's so many people that I can mention. Like, it was difficult to mention so many artists in 2001 that were black and doing it big, you understand? Yeah, but, yeah. like, we we certainly opened the doors for people like N-Dubs, certainly opened the doors for people like, you know, your Tiny Tempers, people that, you yeah. know, ended up going to America, opening a few more doors until the point where now you have Stormzy, doing the whole thing at Glastonbury by himself, like, that is yeah. amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's it's happened in such a, a short space of time that 
you know, I'm just happy to be a part of the, the black music scene in the year, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well done for setting them pathways, like, well done. Thank you, thank you. We knew what we was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hear it was all the time. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's been really, really great um, to have you on, mm -hmm, and maybe mm -hmm. um, what we can do is um, yeah. I'll, I'll look to connect with maybe the guy um, that does the Thousand Black Boys, and then maybe we can yeah, have yeah, like yeah. a freeway thing, a freeway yeah. interview, and Absolutely. about you know the impact of like crime and youth crime and and definitely gangs and stuff like that. Definitely, I think uh, that would be a, a, a an interesting interview as well. So definitely try and hook that up. I'd, I'd love to be a part of it. Yeah. All right, cool. Absolutely. Well, amazing, fantastic people. We have gone way <laughs> over time, but you know, you know how it is. Um, okay. But thank you so much uh, for joining us, for those that have joined us. Mm -hmm. And thank you, J Rock, for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me, Maxine. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's been mm. great. And Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, audience. We'll see you next. Oh well, I'll see you next week, and we'll probably get Jay Rock on here at some other point. All right. Oh yeah, definitely. Now that I've got your whole link up, I'll certainly be watching next week. All right, then. Cool. I'm loving that. <laughs> all right, then. All right. All right. All right, everyone. Speak so take soon. care. Bye. Bye. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>